Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Grip Wild Men Who Matter podcast. So excited to be with you again this week. And this week, we have a special guest that I'll actually let Brandon introduce because uh, uh, he they're friends, and, and we are literally on opposite sides of the country. But thank God for technology, so it does not matter. We can make this thing work. But look forward to diving in with you guys. B, what is up this week, man? What's up, Steve-O? Here we go again, another week, another exciting podcast. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. And I'm excited. I'm just going to get right to it. My friend Jason Valentin is on the phone live from Bethel Church in Redding, California. What's up, Jason? What's up, guys? Man, we're so glad you're here. Thanks for carving some time out for us today and to tell what I think is a crazy, awesome story. And so <laughs> let's just move right into it. You went to Alaska and you killed a world record grizzly bear. Is that right? Man, I killed a Pope and young grizzly bear. It is true. Yeah. And I got, you know, anytime a guy kills uh, a grizzly bear like that, he's probably got a good wife at home who lets him go for 15 days. You know what I mean? 15 days. (laughs) Wow. Um, Hopefully my wife, Stephanie is going to listen to this and she's going to hear this amazing story that started with, allowing you to leave the house for 15 days man that's awesome but so tell us how it unfolded man really to to be honest i mean you got i got i got to start at the very beginning so um the hunt i booked this hunt three times um and we might talk about this stuff later on but i booked this hunt um golly in 2007 uh and ended up going through uh, a really bad time in my life, uh, divorce and which is a whole nother story. Um, but I had to cancel the trip and then I booked the trip again, uh, in 2011, 10, I think 2010 ended up going through a nervous breakdown, had to cancel the trip again. And so by the time, uh, this last year came around, it was 10 years from the date that I had originally booked it. So, man, it was crazy. And, and and that's actually why my wife gave me uh, 15 days. She said, babe, how much time do you need? And I was like, love, I've booked this trip two other times. <laughs> and my dream is to go, you know, shoot a, shoot a grizzly bear with my bow and a moose with my bow. And she said, well, you know, you've tried it so many times. Just get out of here and come back when you've done it. So <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. So, you know, over, overcame some trials, but you know, the, the trip was awesome. I, I flew into, um, Anchorage and drove up to, um, about, uh, uh kind of towards Denali. I'm not actually allowed to give the, the, the literal location, um, because you know, hunting stories and, and locations, a lot that's that's secret stuff, man. So I, uh, ended up driving up, up there and, First day, um, we got all our gear loaded up onto a uh, Super Cub and flew out into the middle of the tundra and, and landed on a dry riverbed, um, which I don't know if y'all have been inside of a really small Super Cub and landed on a riverbed. It's a, That in it of itself is an adventure. It's crazy, man. Yeah, I bet. I, I've actually flown in a... 
uh, very small plane, four seater, really made for two. <laughs> I don't know how you would have actually squeezed four people in this plane. Right. But, but I have never landed um, off of a tarmac. I've never, I've never landed in in a riverbed. So that had to be an adrenaline rush. Well, we have you have giant rubber tires, right? Huge rubber tires. And when you're coming in for landing, I'm like, I'm on the uh, microphone. I'm like, where are we landing? He's like, right there. I'm like, Oh God, help me. (laughs) But it was awesome. It was bouncy. It was awesome. So, you know, we just pitched a normal tent and, um, had a tarp, uh, over our cooking stuff. And that, that was our home for, you know, about 10 days. So, um, the hunt started off, we were really looking for a moose, um, and bear was kind of a, a secondary, uh, secondary deal. And, and the area that we're hunting, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to, you know, it's really hard to get a grizzly bear with a bow, mm-hmm. a mountain grizzly with a bow. They're not on fish. Um, it, you know, they're on berries and they're, they'll be on a, a moose kill if they can find one. So it's extremely hard. So we're mostly, mostly thinking that would be a secondary option. Well, the first day we hunted, um, my guide, Pat, had already guided other men into that uh, area. And those guys were successful, and they had shot um, a couple of moose. Well, the first day that I got in there, um, Pat and I were glassing uh, a hillside about, I don't know, probably two miles away. And we saw this really big um, grizzly bear come out of the timber do a big loop and it came into a field where they had shot a moose, um, about three days before. Hmm. And so at that point, Pat and I kind of looked at each other and we're like, Hey, listen, if we know that that grizzly bear is coming into that field, so we never saw him come back out. He's probably on that moose kill. And so I, uh, the next morning we made this game plan. Uh, and we just, we didn't know where the kill was. And so it's kind of hairy, like all the stories that you hear about guys getting mauled, well, probably like 70% of them are, you know, the joggers and all that stuff. It's usually a bear on a moose kill or yeah. sorry, on a kill. Yeah. It could be an elk, could be on something else, but you know, that's their life. That's their lifeline. And so when they get on that stuff, man, when they get on a kill there, it's dangerous. Yeah. So we had no idea where the kill was actually at. We knew that. Um, cause it was Pat's other guide that my friend's other guide that had, had guided that hunter. Yeah. And so he said that it was a 200 yard shot across the field on the edge of the timberline. That's all that we knew. So we, it took us about two hours of just crawling, you know, slow walking real slow through the forest in order to actually find, you know, this kill and not walk on top. So we watched for birds, you know, cause they'll find the kill before you will. So anyways, make a long story short, we finally find this buried moose and it was like, if you took a Volkswagen and you buried a Volkswagen in tundra completely, that's literally what it looked like. <laughs> <laughs> it was ginormous. This bear had excavated all of the tundra from around this moose and literally piled it on top. It was crazy. I couldn't even see the moose. Yeah. So it was nuts, man. So we uh, we walked out into the middle of this because the wind was blowing up into the trees from our from our back, and 
we thought that the bear was up in the trees. We didn't know where he was, but he wasn't on the moose. So we just kind of have to guess, you know? So we played the wind according to where we thought he was. And we sat and we waited and waited and waited. And, you know, two hours goes by and it's kind of cold. It's about 50 degrees. And you know, when you're, when you're hunting or when you're doing something like that, and at first you're super excited and then pretty soon you're really bored and then you're cold and bored. Pretty soon you're like, I don't even care. What am I doing here? (laughs) You know, I'm like, I just want to eat something. I want to put something warm on. We had left our packs way back because they were making too much noise. And, um, about hour three, Pat, Pat says, man, why don't you do this predator call? Um, so I have, I have like this predator call that I do with my mouth. And I said, you think so? He says, yeah, I don't think it'll hurt. So I did like a sequence of three calls and we waited 15 minutes and sure enough out pops this, uh, this, this grizzly bear about 200 yards, uh, out of the tree line, uh, walking from right to left. And I was like, Oh, there's a bear. So I got down and I'm, I'm literally 35 yards away from the, uh, carcass and I'm kneeling in cranberry brush, which if you've looked at the tundra before and seen cranberry brush in there, it's only about, I don't know, it's about knee height. So there's not a ton of, there's, <laughs> there's not a ton of cover. So, and Pat, my guide, he's sitting behind me. He's got a camera on a tripod, a 338 in his hand. We both have pistols strapped to our chest and he's got his, he's got the range finder. So he's running the camera and the pistol and the range or sorry, and the rifle and the range finder. And so I get really low and I'm crouched on my knees. I got my bow in front of me with a GoPro on it. And so I turned my GoPro on and out walks this, uh, about 300 ish pound bear, grizzly bear. And it, it hits the, um, the buried, uh, moose and it turns left and it starts walking straight at me which again, I'm only at 35 yards at this point. So by the time, as it's walking towards me, I'm like, I don't know what, I'm like shaking. I'm like, oh crap. And so this bear gets closer and closer and closer. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm in trouble because I'm not going to shoot this bear. Pat's whispering behind me, like, that's a small bear, you know, don't shoot it. That was a different bear came out. Yeah. So he's, and not only that, but he's walking right towards me. So he's coming so, right towards you, closer and closer, and he's telling you not, not to shoot. What? No, happened? he's saying he's saying small bear, small bear. So I'm like, I don't know what I feel completely trapped. I have a I have the smallest pine tree to my left, like a Christmas tree, and the only thing in between me and the bear is 15 yards of tundra. Wow. By the time he stops. So he stops and he realizes like, man, something, something's weird. I've never seen a tripod out here before. <laughs> and it gets up on its legs, its hind legs, and it goes and whoops at me. And then it turns and takes off running. And my heart is pounding. I'm like, holy crap. So right then, Pat goes, there's the big bear. Well, I've been so focused on this little bear that the big bear was behind the little one. And the big bear starts walking in and he is pissed off. He's angry for a couple of reasons. One, that other, anytime there's another bear around, they start getting super dominant, you know, and that bear was really close to his kill. 
it was, I mean, right next to his kill. So he's letting, this big bear is letting every animal know that this is my kill. So he's coming out and he's going, he's blowing really loud and he gets up on top of the pile and he's spinning circles. And I, I am shaking. I'm literally shaking. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm trying to hold it together. And at one point the bear gets, he spins around circles on the pile and I'm watching him and he gets off of the pile. And I realize if he's not up on top of that mound, I'll have to stand up and shoot him because the brush is like right at the top of his back. So I'm thinking to myself, like, gosh, if I stand up, like this bear is going to eat me. If I stand up, if he knows I'm here, I'm going to get charged. There's no doubt about it. So the bear gets back up onto the pile and it, turns away from me and I draw back. Well, I draw back and I wait and I wait and I wait. And if, if you watch the video, cause you can actually watch it on YouTube. I wait for like 50 seconds, just holding my bow. And he finally turns left and gives me a broadside shot. And I just snuck that arrow right through both lungs. Poof. And <clears throat> it's so cool because the, the arrow went all the way through the bear and, and uh, as soon as the arrow hit the bear, the bear goes Whoa! super loud. It, it jumps in the air and spins and takes off running from where it came from. And uh, I stood up and I'm watching the bear, watching the bear, watching the bear. And it literally just kills over dead. Wow. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I freak out. I'm like, I just killed a grizzly bear with my bow. I can't even believe that happened. So we walked up on it. And we thought that it may have been like a really big uh, sow and a cub, or not a cub, sorry, a really big sow with a, a you know, mature cub. Yeah. Um, because who, why would there be two bears that came out? But actually it was two male bears. Um, it, was a, it was a big boar and um, ended up, he ended up, uh, I just got the certificate um, last week in the mail, but um, it's number 39 of all time taken with a bow for a mountain grizzly. And, uh, yeah, just a giant bear. Man, that's amazing. So uh, the first thing, Joseph, when you shot him and he, and he let out that noise, did you jump? Dude, I mean, it happened so fast. Actually, here's the crazy thing. This is how memory works. Like, when I shot that bear... Uh, it ran and it died and Pat and I walked up on it. And first of all, I was like, this is the biggest animal I've ever seen in my life. It was giant on the ground. When I walked up, I was like, holy cow. And Pat goes right away. He goes, dude, that is a giant. And he's, I mean, he's done this for 20 years. Yeah. Longer than that. He said, dude, that is a, that's a huge bear. So I started looking at it and, um, the bear was laying on its right side and he said, Hey, is, is that the entrance or the exit? And I said, Oh, that's the exit, the left side of the bear. Well, when we went back that night and watched the video, I had, sh that was actually the entrance <laughs> in my memory. I remember shooting the bear and it was facing right, but it actually was facing left is the weirdest thing in the world. <laughs> I can't remember what they call it, but oh Yeah. No, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I get that. Yeah. I've experienced that before too. Just, Oh, remembering dude. it differently than it actually happened because you're just in a whole nother state of it was, it was crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so 
one of the things that I really am hearing in this story, and it's true for all of our all of our adventures, really, is there's this this sense of relentlessness, really, this perseverance that we have to have as outdoorsmen. I mean, everything that you're talking about, from the preparation, from the training, from you know, the fact that this was the third time you had booked the trip, you know, like right. you had to over 10 years, I mean, 10 years you planned and you, right. You tried to make the thing happen and you just never could give up on that dream. And that brought you to that Epic moment. You know, it was, I always think in my head, like you'll never get to the top of the mountain. If you, if you quit climbing, you know, man, it's so crazy. And it's, it really is true. I mean, I think the really great moments in our life are, you know, like the highs that we have, whether it's marriage, you know, your wedding day or this the trophy kill that you have or a child that you have, you know, or your kid graduates college. I, I think like every one of those high points has a huge story around it, right? And tons of perseverance and tons of preparation. And I, I think that our ability as men, to say, this is what I'm going to do. Not Forget about killing a bear, whatever. I'm going to be a great outdoorsman. I'm going to be a great father. I'm going to be a great husband. I'm going to uh, give my kids the best life they have. Like that 100% is, is something that you have to dedicate yourself to make happen. Because I think, I think um, uh, do you guys know who David Goggins is? Uh, no, no. David Goggins is, uh, he's like an ex Navy SEAL. The guy's bad, but David Goggins says something that's, it's pretty profound, um, and and simple and, and kind of like hits you wrong a little bit, but it's, it's pretty right. He says, um, it's so easy to, for, for a man to be exceptional because, because most people in, in our day and age are so weak, Mm. they give up so easily. And when you look at like, when you look at the day and the age and the time that we live in compared to what our great grandparents lived in and their great grandparents lived in, we don't, we hardly have an idea of what it looks like to persevere. And, um, you know, so for me, I just think like, I just, my heart burns. I mean, if we're talking about, you know, I know that we just got done telling a story about hunting, but really part my motivation for the hunt to be completely honest with you was literally to challenge myself to to greatness was whether or not I killed something or not I literally wanted to push the limits of what I could do physically mentally emotionally even spiritually and and stay sharp and actually persevere so I mean that's the story of my life uh when I went through my nervous breakdown, I lost the use of both my arms, um, both my hands, I should say. Like I couldn't open a water bottle. I thought I was dying. Um, and it's just like story after story of my life just feels like that. You know, it just feels like in order to achieve success. So my first book that I ever wrote, um, I wrote without the use of my hands because my hands uh, stopped working halfway through my book. So I had to type by talking, but that's life, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So tell tell me this. So this, this is, this is, this is amazing. So, so really we talk about relentlessness at grip, you know, you, you have to be relentless in your pursuit of 
your fulfillment and your purpose. But really, relentlessness is is in reality, relentlessness is perseverance. And that's what I'm hearing out of you is, is these, these levels of perseverance in your journey to your your trophy bear kill. And, and that was obviously fueled by passion. But let's talk about, you know, we talk about persevering, but you've got to be able to lay a foundation in your life and put some things in place. And if you ever hope to persevere, it just doesn't happen. And so, man, you, you kind of went through some peaks and some valleys on your journey from this goal that you set. And, and, and and that's really the reality of life. And, and a lot of our our guys, we try to encourage, Hey, look, things are going to happen. Things have happened, whether it was something you had no control of, maybe a poor choice you made, maybe something that someone did to you that you didn't deserve or something you did to someone else that, that man just was not right. But we all, we've all had those things, right? But you've got to push through. You've got to persevere. You've got to, you've got to, you know, live through the valley to, to really experience that peak. Um, But, but there's a foundation that has to happen on that. And so maybe share a little bit about, how were you able to persevere through these trying time, this ten, these ten year journey of? There were some trials. What yeah. do you, what do you equate, what do you equate that 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 your ability to be able to persevere? How did you press through and and achieve that perseverance in that journey? Yeah, you know, one of the things that I think we hear a lot as men is like, suck it up. You know, you just need to suck it up, or um, you just need to will yourself to do it. And th- I think that there's there's I think we're really ripping, ripping young guys off and, and even, you know, men off by saying stupid stuff like that. I mean, it, the church is, is one of the, the biggest places. And I've been in the church my whole entire life. So I'm a pastor. I've been a, a pastor for gosh, a long time. And, you know, it doesn't help anybody to say, you need to suck it up. Well, th- what does that actually mean? Or, <laughs> or you just need to persevere. Well, thanks. Can you give me a few steps? You know, the, the truth is, is like James once is probably um, my favorite verse in the Bible. It's my life verse. And it says, consider it pure joy when you, count it, when you encounter unexpected trials. For the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Now, here's, here's the cool part. It says, when perseverance runs its course, you will lack nothing. So for my life, literally, this is what it looks like. And I don't start out, I start out just like everyone else. You know, when something bad happens in my life, I'm not like, oh, this is going to be awesome. You know, which is what James <laughs> is telling us. You know, the last time when I went through my nervous breakdown, I didn't call my dad and be like, man, I'm going through the hardest time of my life. This is going to be amazing. But James, <laughs> James is actually saying like, hey, dude, when you go through a trial, actually the way to go through a trial and to persevere is with joy. Philippians 4 talks about that. Like if you're battling anxiety, you should literally study Philippians 4 because Philippians 4 starts out with rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And it goes on and on and on about being gentle and being kind. And then it says something profound. It says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind. Not your generic made-up peace, not something that you can conjure up in your mind, but your job as a man— is to find joy. Your job is to find out what God's doing. Your job is to hold the truth in your mind, no matter your circumstance, right? And then let God do the rest. 
so, so strong, man. Because here's the thing, and we talk about a life of significance and being a man who matters. And and really, we're all talking about the same thing because in the chaos 100%. of life, because there is so much chaos that we can't control, right? There's so many things yep. that are out of our control. What we're really deep down searching for is that sense of peace. Like, man, no matter what's yep. going on, it's going to be okay. I don't know how it's going to be okay, but I'm all right. You know, we're going to make right. it. And that that's where those two verses really come together for me. It's true. Yeah. And the, the truest thing is like, man, if you don't have, if you, if you're not persevering in life, if you don't have something that you need to persevere for, it's actually a bummer. You're not, you know, if you don't have something you have to have faith for, if you don't have a trial that, that you can actually win a battle that you can win, if you've reduced your world down to just a safe place to live in, you have no victory to gain. Therefore you will have no confidence as a man in this world. Man, that so is... I think sometimes we've so reduced our world, like not taking a risk or not setting a goal or not wanting to go through pain. But listen, vision should give our pain a purpose. I think that most, our society is saying, make life easy. Do what's comfortable. Don't plan something, you know, don't take a huge risk because you might fail. And I'm saying, man, our guys, our young men and our old men, we're so missing out on one, knowing our limitations, therefore we have no confidence, and we don't know that we can persevere because we've never done it before. That's so good. That's so good, man. We we talk about this all the time and in everything that we do in the outdoors, whether we're fishing, duck hunting, in your case, right. chasing grizzly bear, like there is there is purpose in that pain. Like there's been several duck hunts we've been on that they just straight up sucked. They were hard. Yep. It was painful, but man, we loved it because there was purpose in our pain. And right. so often we move over into our personal lives, into our personal growth, into our what we're chasing in our careers, what we're chasing in relationships, and we lose sight that there's purpose in the pain, that we it's lose true. sight that the pain is generating something so much bigger, that the pain is part of us chasing after this big vision, this big goal, and even more so that the pain is leading to this fulfillment in our purpose that God created in our lives. And we lose sight of that. And so I'm so glad you bring that up because, and you do it in a way that's, that's yes, let's challenging men to say, look, one, it's okay to go through the pain. Two, right. don't try to, you know, don't, don't try to blow the pain off. Like it, like where, how can you cultivate the purpose behind it? And then, right. and then stop doing it alone. Like stop just thinking you're the only one that is experiencing this pain or having to go through pain to achieve their success, their fulfillment, you know, their intimacy. Um, and it's not true. It's a lie. And I love that you bring it up. It's like, how can we teach men and equip men, men to, know that, look, on the other side of this pain is something that is far greater than you've ever experienced. Now let's let's pursue it. Let's push through it. Let's equip ourselves, not only for our goals in, in, in our hobbies or in our passions, but man, in, in our life, in our life and in, in our, in our growth right. and even more so in our intimacy with Christ, like that it's right. okay that we're in a process. It's okay that we're in this journey of our, our of experiencing this intimacy with Christ that we've never experienced before. Um, right. That's strong, man. I, I love that you bring that up. If I didn't have people around me, 
my dad, these great men, these men that I look up to that will never know that I look up to them. I go through things that I go through in my life because of the inspiration of other people, the Lord, all this stuff. But I just can't stress enough. Like for guys that are going, okay, how do I build perseverance? One, you got to challenge yourself. But two, you become who you hang around. Mm, So good. So, man, you've got to put somebody in front of you who you want to keep up with and and is willing to help you. And I'll tell you, like, when I was done, like, it broke broke the buckles on my pack. It was so much weight. You know, my legs were quivering when I was done. I literally did not know that I could do that. I didn't know that I physically could possibly do that. And I thought to myself afterwards, like, how, what a shame would it be if I never knew that I could actually accomplish that? And it's a small, stupid task is that, but what's the question that every man's asking himself in this life? Do I have what it takes? That's right. That's so good. Do I have what it takes? That's right. And it's not about carrying a pack. It's about, can I keep going even when I don't want to in life? That's right. And the only way you're going to do that is with people around you. I mean, we talk about all the time, you have to eliminate alone from your life to to experience a lot of things and to get out of a lot of things. But it but in this context, what you're talking about, you have to eliminate alone from your life to achieve what what you're capable of. So so tell us a little bit. Um, we're kind of running out of time here, and uh, but, cool. so, but we we want to hear about a little bit about this this retreat that you're putting on this. Uh, Born Wild Men's Retreat. Uh, Man, tell us just a little bit about that before, you know, we kind of wrap things up. Um, What's going on there? Um, You know, this year I decided that I was going to do some men's events, and um, I'm doing one in Alaska. um, But the big one that I'm doing is actually at the Wildcatter Ranch in in, uh, Graham, Texas. And believe it or not, um, the whole whole event sold out except for – I have uh, I have a couple spots open for for guys that just want to attend for a day, but the whole the whole theme of it uh, of the event is is exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about re uh, reigniting masculinity in the hearts of men, mm-hmm. and what does it mean to be a man? That's what this event's about. You know, um, I'll do some more events uh, next year and later on uh, for you know, throughout the, the rest of my life, but I'm excited about this, this event. There'll be about a hundred guys total when I'm done. Um, I think there'll be around there. Um, I'm almost there now, but yeah, we're just going to spend two and a half days going after it, man. Yeah, I know. I know that's some beautiful country out there. I used to live in Texas and I know you guys have some cool stuff planned in the outdoors, kind of stemming all around what we're talking about today. And I, I think that's, yeah. that's incredible. Is there a place where, where guys could look to see what other events you have coming up or a way for guys to get in touch and follow what you're doing? Yeah. You know, um, they can follow me on Instagram. It's just Jay Valentin. And then, um, I have a, uh, web, sorry, not a web. I'm building a website right now. Um, so I'm almost done with that. Um, I have a YouTube, uh, channel. They can go check out some videos on, It'll teach you how to process pain. Um, it's called emotional prosperity. Um, they could also watch my bear hunt on there if they just type in Jason Ballatin bear. Yeah, we're going to put a link to that. We'll put a link to the YouTube channel and your social media with the podcast. So, guys, if you're listening and you want to find out more, 
And then make sure you check yeah. those notes. On Saturday, we have an all-day uh, leadership summit. So if guys are in Texas or if they want to fly in for that day, I have 38 spots left that um, literally that guys can come and sign up and you can spend the whole the whole uh, morning and evening um, with myself, Todd Pierce, and my dad, and uh, a whole bunch of other guys literally learning uh, leadership. And so that's going to be a great event. Well, Jason, man, thank you so much for your time today. What a great story, and even more, what a great perspective. And, and guys, for those of you listening, you know, we try to give you a takeaway. And my biggest encouragement for you today and just chew on this for the next week is that, look, there is purpose in your pain, wherever you're at right now, whatever you're struggling with right now, there is purpose there. Bring some people into your life so that you can push through that pain and experience what is so good on the other side of it. But also know this, also know that in that pain, there is growth that you can become more than you ever thought through that pain. So don't don't shy away from the pain in your life, the struggle in your life that's pressing you. Um, not the struggle in your life that's de- destroying you, but that struggle in your life that's going to push you farther than you've ever been. Don't be scared to go headfirst into it and bring somebody with you so you guys can stand shoulder to shoulder, back to back, in pursuit of your greatness. So, Jason, thanks again, man. Thank you for the word. Thank you, man. For everyone out there, remember, until next time, you are men who matter. We'll see you on the other side.